In today's highly competitive mortgage industry, building profitable relationships with real estate agents is essential for success. However, finding effective ways to secure agent relationships can be a challenge. With so many mortgage loan originators vying for the attention of real estate agents, it can be difficult to stand out and establish meaningful connections. Our new case study featuring loan officer Chris Coghill is a must read. Chris has closed a remarkable 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals. And in this case study, he shares his proven strategies for building strong relationships with real estate agents and leveraging those relationships to drive more business. To get your hands on this resource, head over to locastudy.com and download your free copy of the case study today. You'll find actionable insights and practical tips that Chris used to close 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals and how you can too. Don't miss out. Go check it out right now. Visit locastudy.com and download your free copy today. Welcome to Mortgage Marketing Radio, brought to you by the Mortgage Marketing Institute, your number one source for truth in mortgage marketing. Hey, listeners, Jeff Zimfer. Welcome to this episode of Mortgage Marketing Radio. Hey, I don't know if you're a new listener, if you've been around for a while, Hopefully you're liking the episodes and look, one of the ways we grow our audience and add more value to the industry is through you, through our loyal listeners. And so if you haven't yet taken a moment to leave us a review on iTunes, I'd appreciate that if you would, whatever the platform is you listen on iTunes, Stitcher, if there's another platform you want us to be on, let us know. Um, but if you're liking the show and the content, I appreciate those of you who've gone out there and uh, left reviews. Um, I'm grateful for that. And uh, I want to let you know how you can leave a review for us. And that is by simply going to iTunes or Stitcher and leaving us a review. And as a thank you for that, you're going to be rewarded, right? I'm going to send you a free Mortgage Marketing Radio t-shirt. This is some cool swag. I just got, I'm looking over here. I just got a new stock in. So we got some large XL sizes. Might be a few mediums in there as well. But you can be amongst the people such as David Brown from Johnson City, Tennessee, who just left us a review. David, your t-shirt's on its way to you. Um, as a matter of fact, I got a list of people that I'm sending out t-shirts to today. You could be on that list too. Just leave us a review. And once you do, send me an email, info at mortgagemarketinginstitute.com. Let me know you left a review, your size, and your mailing address. And we'll get you off a t-shirt in the mail. And you know what would be even cooler is once you get that t-shirt, hey, we need to get better at social media, us seasoned loan officers, right? Those of us that are 40 plus, and I'm uh, 10 years more over than 40 plus, actually 12, but uh, we need to get better at social media, right? So how about if you snap a photo of you on social media, it could be Instagram, right? Could be Facebook, right? Of you sporting the t-shirt, share that up, tag me, link up to me in, on the interwebs with you and your mortgage marketing radio t-shirt sporting the swag. And I'll give you a free coaching session. That's right. Just tag me on social media. That way I'll get notified of that. You and your mortgage marketing radio t-shirt. And I'll give you a free coaching session just to you know talk through some challenges you, you have. Maybe you just want to air out an idea, maybe get some pointers, best practices. That's what I'm willing to do for you. 
So that's that. All right. On to this week's show and my very special guest too. I'm just gratefully honored that she's um, being a part of our show today. I've known Sue for well over 10 years. That is Sue Woodard, Chief Customer Officer at Total Expert and Mortgage Industry Expert. You know, Sue brings over 25 years of mortgage experience, strategic vision, and leadership to the industry. She has been helping loan officers for, gosh, well over a decade become better to help loan officers break through barriers and, and sharpen their skills and get connected to, right, the real passion and understand how to navigate in today's market. And so in, in, in this episode here, what, what Sue and I are talking about is the tipping point, as she calls it, for 2018, and that this year is going to be a tough year. It's going to be a challenging year, but one that has opportunities as well. And that's simply because I think we're finally at that place of the convergence of technology, right? Starting to really, I shouldn't say starting, it's really kind of reaching this, this, this critical mass in the mortgage space where there's just lot of, lots of talk about being displaced by technology and push button mortgage and all that stuff. So Sue, you know, gosh, she's just such a wealth of knowledge. She was uh, the, the president of Vantage Production Mortgage Success Source. You guys may know of them. She was there for, gosh, well over uh, 10 years. And as I said, she's now the Chief Customer Officer at Total Expert, which you'll hear a little bit about that. But we spend the bulk of our time talking about right um, the situation, the current market with multi-apps going on. And it's easier than ever for people to take two, three loan applications and shop you and you know the tighter margins that are out there in the market. And how do we compete in that situation? And what can we do uh, with our personal brand so that we do become the lender of choice? Um, what are some best practices and habits and things like that? And then, you know, some advice and suggestions on how to step up our game, how to uh, adjust for the new modern mortgage originator requirements and demands that are going to be put on us. Because we either right adjust, we either adapt and grow, or we wither and die. And so I'm just thrilled to have Sue's perspective of, of you know over 25 years of mortgage industry experience working with leaders. She's just a rock star. Sue has uh, made guest appearances on CNBC. She's got multiple industry honors, including Mortgage Professional America Hot 100 list, the Housing Wire Vanguard Award, and the National Mortgage Professional Most Innovative Award. And she also serves on the board of Hope for Youth, her passion project. It's a local nonprofit working to end uh, youth homelessness. So wealth of knowledge, incredible person. Sue is just, you know, she emits energy and uh, empathy and uh, effectiveness. And, and she's just right. I just consider, I mean, you know, some people just kind of touch your heart, right? And she shows up in that way on a consistent basis every time I have a chance to talk with Sue. And besides that, she's a little bit crazy because she's a thrill seeker. She's actually cage dived with great white sharks. Man, oh man. So without further ado, let's welcome our very special guest to the show, Sue Woodard. Sue, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. It is an honor, a pleasure, and a privilege I'm a fanboy, I guess is what you can say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, that's not something I hear every day, but I love it. <laughs> and I'm well, a big fan of yours. I'm a big fan of yours. You and I go way back, don't we? I mean, we've had some we, interesting times together. We do. Uh, as a matter of fact, for, for those listeners, how you and I first connected was, gosh, that's probably 10 years ago now where I was Longer than that, but who's counting? All right. Yeah, who's counting? I'm getting too old. Um, yeah, you and I, we, we, we teamed up and I, you know, helped you put on a class for your realtors and, and it was mm -hmm. on the day that, uh, your bridge, your main bridge broke in downtown 
Minneapolis. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was the day of the big bridge collapse. And I always said the most amazing thing is that it was literally the 35W bridge. It's how everybody would have gotten to where we were at. And we mm. still had a packed house. So you could tell you were bringing the value. 85 agents, I think, still showed up. Yep. Yep. It was awesome. awesome. It was awesome. But it was an interesting day. We'll never forget for sure. Okay. So here we are 10 plus years later. Uh, There's been a few changes, right? (laughs) Um, There has been a lot of changes. Absolutely. So what I want to talk about here with with our listeners here today is there's some challenges facing loan officers today. Quite Quite a few, right? So I want to kind of unpack these in different order, if you will. And the first one I think that's top of mind for me is you mentioned earlier before we hit record, you know, this is, you see it as a tipping point year, uh, 2018. Why do you see it as a tipping point? You know, I see this as being a really, really critical year for the originator in terms of changing some of the habits and shaking off old habits and really embracing some new things um, for a number of reasons. I'll tell you some of the you know, kind of the perfect storm of things that are arriving that are really going to to force us in the industry to make some shifts this year. And this is this is going to be it. You know, our actions the next six months, I think, are going to be critical to our long-term success. And some of the things that we're seeing uh, in the industry, I mean, certainly digital mortgage is still the talk of the day. And what does that mean? And, and I want to unpack that a little bit as we talk. Um, but when you look at right now, it is estimated that at least 50% of consumers are multi-apping, meaning that when they're applying for a mortgage with you, they are also applying at least one other place, if not you know, two, three, four, five other places. When I talk to originators out there, originators are saying, I bet it's even higher than that, <laughs> right? Mm. Because it's become so easy, right? Um, you know, Rocket started this whole thing of click button, get mortgage, um, which frankly was just a really awesome marketing scheme. But when it is, um, you know, when it's possible to do things online, we've made things so easy. Well, you know, people are going out and they're multi-apping. So we've got that. We've got an inventory issue right now. So deals are staying in our pipeline much longer. So how are we nurturing those those leads in our pipeline? And how are we sure that we're going to get, um, you know, the opportunity to work with that customer? What does our pulse through look like? Um, we're clearly in a purchase market, right? The refis are gone. Purchase market requires more engagement of a different type and frankly, of a human type because, you know, people are buying homes where their families are going to live, where their life is going to take place. It's very different than a rate and term financial transaction. Uh, we've got changing demographics in the mortgage industry and who our customers are. Um, we've got, you know, the millennials are coming of age and buying homes and, you know, they're aged about, you know, 20 to 35 right now, depending on who you ask. So I have a millennial of my own now that I can <laughs> observe and so forth. Oh, um, nice. So yeah, it's it's a whole yeah, it's like a little laboratory. I get to like observe how she and her friends behave, but it's very different, you know? I mean, it's it's um and I love it. They're pushing us towards um challenging the way that we do things and what the customer experience is like, you know, when people go through getting a mortgage. Um we're also aging in our industry. Let's face it, what's the average age we were just talking about? Is it 55, 56 yeah. mm-hmm. for loan officers, something like that? Right. Um so, you know, let's face it, we're now we're all aging at the same pace, and you know uh, that that means that we've got to take a look at our own habits and where our heads are at, and who we're serving, and how we are serving them. Um, and there's just this, you know, an, an increase in cost, you know, regulatory cost. You know, if you're in a leadership position, you're looking at this every single day with all of the compliance um, that has come in, and and it's it's good that the compliance came in, but it's absolutely driving up the cost of doing a mortgage. So there's some massive shifts in this industry that are likely to take place. 
And, you know, Jeff, you and I have both been around in this industry a long time, right? I mean, 20, I've been in this business, you know, gosh, 27 years. And people have been talking about, you know, this kind of change in the industry since the day I entered the business, right? Mm. And I know you too. Everybody's always been talking about, oh, someday, you know, computers and robots will do it all. And we always were like, meh. Well, you know what? That day has come where the robots are here and and this is something, though, that my message really to originators is, although this is a critical year, this is about embracing technology, harnessing it, utilizing it so that you're automating all of the things that you possibly can, but really elevating yourself to have that human touch that your customers and your referral partners still absolutely, survey after survey after survey, says they want. They want a human being just at the right time in the right channel in the right place in the right way with the right message. So that's great. Where where do you think the balance of meeting face-to-face in person, balancing that with technology fits in? And I know it, it differs based on loan officer, but you know, where would you see that fitting in to a loan officer today if they're going to right be relevant and current? Mm-hmm. We've we've obviously got technology. It's, we got to offer that, but does that mean we just, you know, totally never meet with clients? No, I would never say that. In fact, it's very interesting. A lot of times people um, are under a misconception that they think, you know, it's the millennials who never want to meet with a human being. Very unusually, it's actually that demographic above all others that absolutely do want to meet with a human being. Um, Why do they want to meet with a person? Because in many cases, they've never bought a house before. Mm -hmm. You also have to remember that that generation who is just the sweet spot of home buyers, you know, they're the largest you know, first time home buyer generation to hit, right. they were, think about what the age that they were when they went through probably seeing their yeah. parents, their family members, their neighbors lose their homes and go through the worst time this industry ever experienced. So they've got a lot of fear surrounding this. It's the first time they've ever done it. And the difference is that they don't want everything to be a, a manual process and this, you know, um, you know, physical examination where you have to get together and you know do all these painful things. What um, most home buyers want now, and particularly millennials, are really driving towards the automation of all of the things that you can. Most millennials um, and buyers these days in general really want to be able to do all their homework online. They want to do research online. They want the application process to be simple, digital, and easy. They want to upload documents where it's not this, again, weird process where you're bringing a briefcase of things and photocopies and, you know, this mm. this thing. And, and again, we've made such leaps in making that process so much easier, but they do want to be able to reach out to a real human being through various channels. You know, the channels are also very important to talk about because it's not necessarily, again, you know, face-to-face getting together in your office. It may not look like that at all. And I think you have to be sensitive to, you know, what kind of channels people want. Um, One of the buzzwords I think people will start hearing a lot more of um, is something called omni-channel rather than multi-channel. You know, what's your omni-channel approach? And the truth is that nearly, um, it, I did something like 98.4% of Americans switch between multiple devices in the same day. Right. Now, you and I have probably switched between multiple dev- devices like in the last, you know, hour or 15 yep. minutes, right? We've oh, yeah. got our phones. <laughs> we've got my little wearable. I'm looking at my little Fitbit that's, you know, sending me text messages. I've got my laptop here. I've got, you know, we've got all of these devices and people have, I think on average, um, 3.75 devices <laughs> between all of the different things. And so you have to be um, very aware of how you're, you're, you're interacting with your customers and interacting with your referral partners in the channel that they want 
but they do expect a consistent human experience across those channels. So you will find, for example, you know what, you're going to find people that their life and their business work such that, yeah, they want to talk to you, a human being, but they want to do it via text. You know, that's their preferred channel. Um, I can tell you that for my own daughter, that is a great way to talk to her. (laughs) You can get a lot done via text. And Um, and while you're in the same house too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, who wants to fuck up a set of stairs to talk to each other, I you know, but also I text them. time to go to bed. <laughs> right. Right. And you're, um, you know, how you're um, interacting with people on social, you know, how, how you're, again, there could be a variety of different channels. Mm. And so I absolutely would say that there's perhaps even more need to find the right places for your human impact. And the only way that I think you can really do that and be present for the places where your customer and your referral partner really needs you to be in a human way is to automate everything else that you possibly can and use technology. Don't run away from technology. Embrace technology. Um, There's so many forward-thinking companies that are putting the tools into place. And it's amazing when I see um, sometimes originators fighting it and saying, no, you know, I don't want this. I need this to be, you know, a human experience. You're enabling a fantastic human experience to happen and enabling yourself to be in the right places at the right time, through the right channels, saying the right things and being there when they really need you if you automate everything else. So what you're saying is we really need to pivot and adjust um, our customer experience based on that customer's preferences. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think there's um, questions that you need to ask of your customer. Um, You know, what is your preferred method? You know, how do you want to communicate? Um, Again, people are are certainly wired very differently and their lives and their businesses work very differently. Sometimes people just, you know, the nature of their business is they can't get on the phone or they can't meet you in person. Great. Well, figure out what their deal is. Um, And it, it makes it tricky. It means that we've got more things that we've got to be watching. Right. And so, you know, you have to really find out what are those channels um, and how do you, you know, how do you offer that to your customers so that you're not making yourself crazy if you've got, you know, I mean, heaven forbid you get somebody, I want to talk to you on Snapchat. I want to talk to you on Instagram. I want to talk to you on, you know, da, da, da. you know, you have to provide kind of a, a, a standard set of channels. Um, but again, automate everything that you possibly can in terms of that experience and your lead nurturing um, and being in touch with people. Um, there's, again, so many great technologies. I mean, you know, I just joined Total Expert and I am just like wildly excited about what I see um, here and how we're serving our customers and what we're doing. But that's a huge part of what we're doing is enabling multiple channel communication with customers, whether it's yeah. email or text or what have you. You know, it's, it's all in the system. It's everything is automated. And then it pings you to have the opportunity for that human interaction at the right time. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And we'll talk about Total Expert as well before we wrap up, because I agree that's a pretty powerful platform. So then what, you know, what would you say are, are like if loan officers listening to this? Okay, because I have two different mixes of the audience here. I got people who are new and then I got the, the veterans, mm-hmm. right? 10, 10, yeah. 10 plus years in the business. So what gets in the way uh, of people making this, this shift, this pivot? Old habits? Um, well, some hard. of it. Yeah, I think old habits die hard. Um, and I think there's this, um, you know, kind of a, a sense of, you know, people have a fear about it. It's, you know, sometimes I talk to originators and they'll say, you know, oh, I'm not worried about technology replacing me because they really know their value. But then you go to, you know, the bar with them later, or you're sitting out, you know, somewhere talking and they're like, oh, you know, but what is this? What really is this going to mean? Um, and you may remember that there were some statistics that came out um, from NPR 
you know, talking about that the the mortgage loan officer had a 98.4% chance was 98.4% chance of being replaced. Well, that doesn't go unnoticed by people. And so I think there is kind of a, you know, sometimes people will fight it. We've also got, you know, there's a learning curve. Let's face it. There's a learning curve with any kind of new tool that's coming in. And um, it's hard. You know, it's, I was an originator for years and years and years and years and years. And the minute that a new technology comes into play, your instant reaction is, oh, man, here we go again. Right. And so, again, it's a big mindset shift. And I think this goes from, from the top down. You know, leaders need to lead. You know, um, leaders of mortgage companies, the most successful mortgage companies I see and the most successful originators are willing to, to you know, open their minds. Mm-hmm. take on some new challenges. And let's face it, it's hard. You know, I mean, age, again, the average age of a loan officer being 56, 57, that's not generally your pivotal time in life where you're looking to learn new habits. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, you know, unless you're planning on retiring soon, this is it. And you have to carve out the time. Um, spending the investment of time in understanding the systems that your company is bringing to bear or the, the tools that you're investing in um, and figuring out how do you get this set up to enable your future um, success um, and and how these interactions are going to work with your customers, with your referral partners. Um, it is it is critical that that would be done, and I'm telling you, this year is going to be a really key year for that. So you've got to really architect that process, that customer experience process, um, and really thoughtfully design that to win in the in the current market. Yeah, absolutely. And and some of the things that are absolutely critical is again when you think about the world that we're living in right now. Um, information overload. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, it's just true, right? We have more information that comes at us on a, any given day in a 24 hour period than somebody in the 17th century had in their whole entire lifetime. Wow. That's what we're given in one day, right? <laughs> so wow. our brains are being really challenged, you know, with all this information coming at us. Now, this is also true. Think about our customers. They're getting, um, you know, bombarded in the same way. You know, all of the the messaging and this and that, all the channels that are coming at you, and you know, all the channels your, you know, your kids may be giving things. That, I mean, it's just it's it's absolute information overload. We are operating at a point we've never operated before in history. So what that means is that as we are looking to get our message across to people that we want to do business with, whether it's the leads you're wanting to work with, whether it's you know, consume your your database for your repeat and referral business, whether it's your referral partners, there's a couple things. I'm going to give you two things that are critically, critically important. Number one is consistency and repetition. Hmm. Okay. People overlook um, how critical it is. And this is to me where technology hugely comes into play, right? Is have a consistent message and repeat it way more often than you think you need to. Right about the time that we as creative people, most originators I know are really creative, right? We're always thinking of the next idea and the next thing and the next, you know, cool message we want to get out there. But it's right about the time that, you know, we send it out three times and we're like, ugh, you know, bored. I want to move on to a different message, a different thing. Maybe I'll design a new logo. You know, I mean, who knows? We're moving on to something mm-hmm. different. That's right at the time that maybe your customers just starting to kind of hear it and see it and, and, um, they say that, you know, it takes a minimum of nine times to repeat a message um, when you're looking to get somebody's attention in the market, again, as a lead, a consumer, a referral partner, before they really even start to hear it. And, you know, it's interesting, too, that frequency brings familiarity and familiarity brings trust, mm. right? So we need to have, when we're looking at our, um, you know, just how we're marketing ourselves and talking a little bit about, 
you know, I know there's some restrictions around how we're marketing ourselves. I'm going to talk a little bit about that too with my second point, but just be very aware with your message, with your, again, leads, your database, your um, referral partners have few messages, but just more often, <laughs> few messages repeated more often. Hmm. Um, that's how you, how you get through where people see that and they start to recognize it. And as I said, the frequency brings familiarity and familiarity brings trust, Okay. right? The second point, and this is something I'm hearing a lot of leaders talking about, which is a little unusual. We haven't had this in the past, but it's the importance of your personal brand. Mm. Now, normally, it seems like, yeah, right, right. What? Personal brand. It seems like what we've heard forever in our industry is, um, you know, leaders at at a big level pushing against personal brand and saying, no, 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 no. There is no personal brand. You are just, you know, employee 45 in this massive machine. And that's how we stay compliant. But here's what I think. Here's where the magic is. Now, I am not by any means saying that if you work at, you know, a big, fantastic company that's really, um, you know, investing a lot in that brand, use the power of that brand. I'm not talking about going outside of that. However, I'm talking about you as a human being, like you and I, Jeff, we both have a personal brand. It has nothing to do with what colors or logos or anything like that, but it's how we are operating, how we do business. Um, You know, what kind of um, just what we're bringing to our interactions, our relationships and our transactions. um, There's definitely an element of personal brand. Now, leaders right now are understanding the importance of allowing the folks that work for them, their originators. So all of you listening, leaders are saying, and I'm talking banking leaders are saying, mm-hmm. we understand the power of the personal brand and allowing people to find ways where they are compliantly able to show that personal brand and how you show up and how you, again, how you're conducting yourself with your, um, with your customers and with your referral partners. And you know, it's like such an old quote, but it was one of the ones that I just love and I've always hung on to is Tom Peters. Remember Tom Peters a billion right. years ago, and this was something like 40 years ago, he talked about that we're all the CEOs of our own companies. So if you're in business today, regardless of what your job is, regardless of what your role is, regardless of where you work, your most important job is to be the head marketer for the brand called you. Right. And I think that's still incredibly powerful. Yeah, we got to be compliant. Yeah, we got to, you know, embrace the power of the amazing brands that some of us work for and the the great things that our companies are doing for us. But don't overlook that there is this, your personal brand is kind of the combination of how you see yourself and how others see you. Mm -hmm. I know for sure, Jeff, you know, if you go ask, you know, go ask your network of people, what are three words that you'd use to describe me? Mm-hmm. They would have three words that they would use to describe you, right? Yeah. People would have three words that they'd use to describe me. So you really want to do some thinking about in this world where a lot of things can and should be automated, really think about though, how does your personal brand show up in that and mm-hmm. who you are? That's a great lesson there. Um, and I like the fact that you kind of said your brand is what you do every day. It really is. So there's multiple components to brand. It's how you show up every day. It's how you interact. It's if you, you know, follow up in a timely manner, do you send that email when it's, you should send it? Do you call that person back in a time? You know, all that stuff is your brand in addition to, um, how you're showing up where people are today, which is online, right? On the social channels. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. So what, what are you seeing then? Uh, this is an interesting conversation because companies have varying levels of compliance constriction. 
Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating for me sometimes because, you know, I'm trying to coach and teach and help LOs to like build their own brand. And yet, you know, some people are like, no, you can't do video or whatever. Um, <laughs> so how could a loan officer navigate and start? What would be a good example of building your personal brand, say, online? Well, I mean, I'm just going to give you an example. I mean, for myself, I would say, I mean, I'm just thinking about what are the words that somebody would use to describe me in terms of how I interact in business with people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the couple of things I would say is that I'm energetic, I'm empathetic, and I execute. Okay, so those are three like things. EQ. Yeah, yeah, right. So, <laughs> but but those things are they are true of me, and I know that everybody that I operate with and do business with would describe me in that way. That is my personal brand, mm. right? So it's not about like, well, I really, you know, I always wear you know red shirts or things, and it can be stuff like that. It can be stuff like that, but it's really thinking about how do you how do you show up and how do you represent yourself, and are there tweaks that you need to make in that. Mm. Um, yes, some of that Jeff can show up in your, in your social, you know, every company has a little different rules on how you do your social, Mm. but even if your social is completely outside of your business, just understand that that's a part of your brand out there. There is no, you know, secret channel where you get to be somebody else, um, you know, off wherever. I mean, in my opinion, anything you're putting out there digitally, that is a part of your brand and you need to be really, really, um, just very aware of that. It is something I coach my daughter on all the time. It's like, understand that if you don't want grandma to see it, don't put it out there. <laughs> because It's the grandma it's benchmark, there, right? huh? <laughs> the grandma benchmark, exactly. So, um, you know, and I think one of the ways that you can, can really even vet this out, one of the things I'm a huge proponent of is having um, a, what I call, well, I don't call it this, this is a pretty known concept, but having a personal board of directors, mm. right? A personal board of directors is somebody that, again, I would say, just like you already have a personal brand, whether you're being intentional about it or not, you already have a personal board of directors, whether you're being intentional about it or not. Here's what I mean. If you've got a group of people around you, you do, Jeff, I do too, um, everybody on this call does, who um, kind of speak into you. They you know, maybe challenge decisions you're making, or maybe they just agree with them. Say, yep, you know, buddy, good job. You know, that makes sense. Or yeah, that really sucks. I know what you mean. And I wonder sometimes if we really are intentionally surrounding ourselves with people that may challenge us, that may hit us straight between the eyes and say, man, your personal brand sucks because you never return phone calls Mm -hmm. or you return phone calls, but they're five days late. You know, do we have people around us who are going to speak that kind of truth to us? So one of the ways I can see this showing up and, and just as a, as a standalone concept that I think is really important for people to do is really think about if you have developed a personal board of directors very intentionally. Now, I have on my, you know, quote unquote, personal board of directors, I don't tell people they're on it by and large, because over time, you may need to replace them. And that can be an awkward conversation, right? But I do have a group of, you know, a defined group of eight people that I know in my head, that is my current personal board of directors. And they are people that think a little differently in some cases than I do. I didn't line up just a bunch of people that that think in the same way I do, or a bunch of people that are just going to say, oh, yeah, Sue, oh, sure. Yeah, that's cool. Yay, go you. I pick people that I know have no problem saying, you know what, you're headed the wrong direction on this thing. Or you think that, you know, you're coming off like this. You're not. You're coming off like this. Um, I pick people. I've got somebody um, very definitely in my mind right now. We are completely opposite in terms of just our life and political, you know, leanings and and philosophies. Hmm. But I love being able to challenge some of the things I think about because of somebody that I, I think very differently. Then, hmm. um, so that's just 
an action item that somebody can take right now off of this call and really think about um, who's pouring into you. And that's where you can test out your personal brand is you really find some people, not just your buddies who are going to say, oh, yeah, you're awesome. But find people who are really going to be honest and critical with you and ask them those questions. You know, how am I doing? You know, what is my personal brand? If you had to give me three words that describe me, what would those three words be? Hmm. Wow. Cool exercise. Yeah. I love that. If you had, if you were to describe me and how I show up, right. Uh, what would three words be that you use? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that Think could about be that. a scary and one too. <laughs> yeah. Well, people will be honest with you. Yeah. Because again, that's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about with personal brand is, is again, it's how you show up. It's how your personality is there. Um, you know, and again, I can think of originators who I follow on social that have a really distinct personal brand and it has nothing to do with their, you know, their logo, their whatever, you know, but there's people who are really into, for example, maybe their um, nonprofit um, yep. involvement. And so, and you just know, man, that guy is really into giving back. You know, that's part of his personal brand. Mm. So again, it's not about the, oh, I'm going to use a different color than my company uses. And, you know, nope, nope, nope. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about just how you show up in business because that stuff matters. I mean, it does matter. Um, it's also something just to, to tie that back to something we were talking about earlier and the, the, you know, the millennials in particular and the group of people that we're serving. Um, millennials care about um, causes. Mm-hmm. This is one of the beautiful things that I love about this generation. I People gripe sometimes about millennials. I think they're just awesome. I, I love this generation because they're just, you know, they're very different than generations that have preceded them. But they care a lot about cause. Okay, cause matters. And they are going to look at you. If they're your customer, they're going to look at you as an originator and they're going to look at your company. They're going to look at number one, how do you appear on digital? Right. Okay. How, how, how do you show up? Do you have a weird old looking, you know, website? Is it, you know, does everything look clunky? Does it look painful? Do I have to come in and fill out papers by hand? You know, they're going to judge that, but they're really going to look at cause as well. And, and just kind of what's your, you know, what do you stand for? That really, really matters to that group. So again, thinking through, you know, your image, your personal brand, how you show up cause matters to millennials big time. I agree 100%. In a branding class, this is so relevant. I I teach a branding class to a bunch of realtors all over the country. And that's one of the key sections I talk about, which is cause marketing. And it's it's funny because I think some people feel like the the two should be separate. Like I got my business over here. That's cool. But and then I got my cause over here and I don't really quote publicize that, you know, but I show them a yeah. that taught, and you know this, I show them statistics that prove that to your point, like, first of all, people want to know about the causes that you're involved in. And then secondly, um, they're okay with you integrating that into your overall messaging. Yep. Yeah. And there's, it, there's actually amazing stats surrounding things like that, Mm -hmm. that when you're using, you know, kind of who you really are as a person, you're not like putting on your like persona when you go to work, but you're really, again, being that person who's into these causes, um, you outsell your peers. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, people, it leads convert more frequently. Well, (laughs) also, yeah, I was just going to say, so the example, the classic example is Tom shoes, you know, um, I asked the right. audience, you know, it's like, do you think they would be as successful as they are without having really put, you know, a stake in the ground for buy one, give, give one. And everybody yeah. says, no, they're not. Um, and then of course, you know, the studies and the stats is like given if, when consumers are given a choice between company A, company B, all other things being equal, but company B is involved in some type of cause marketing company A is not over 95% yes. of the people will choose company B. Yes, exactly. That's the only exactly. difference. Any- 
Yeah, it's it's so right. And again, you got to remember that a lot of the people, when you talk about what what happened, what was happening in this world 10 years ago, mm-hmm. all right, for people who are now 20 to 34 years old, you know, they were 10 to 24 years old. And what they saw, the trauma that probably a lot of them saw and went through with people around them, um, they care about the world in a different way. <laughs> they just, they really do. And we were at the epicenter of a lot of that, the mark, you know, the mortgage business. And so it's just, again, it's that awareness. How are you showing up? How are you giving back to the world? It's really important. So I know we've got some people listening that understand and get that, but they're not yet aligned with or affiliated with some type of a cause or a passion project or something. Any, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, you know, I, there's so many different ideas like pets and, you know, homeless and feeding, you know, the food banks, but, but I mean, any suggestions you've seen or you'd offer to people that may be struggling with, well, how do I get associated to a cause? What do I do? No, it's, you know what I would say? It's so personal. You know, people have got to go where their hearts lead them because I would bet that every single person on this call when you ask a question like, you know, what, what do you see out in the world? What kind of injustice do you see that fires you up? Mm-hmm. Or where do you see, you know, if you look at a hurt out there, where, where is that hurt? Um, for me personally, I will tell you that it's, it's teenagers. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I just, um, I love teenagers and um, I was you know really involved in a lot of, you know, nonprofit causes surrounding youth in our school system. When my daughter was in school, she's off in college now. But now um, I'm on the board of an organization called Hope for Youth, and we work with um, homeless youth because, believe it or not, there are a lot of unaccompanied homeless youth. I'm not talking about there's parents and their kids are homeless with them because that certainly is a separate issue. But there's literally teenagers that have been turned out of their house for a variety of reasons and don't have a home. And so that's, I don't want to go on about, I could talk about that all day. So I'm not going to talk about that, but it's something that grabs my heart because I love teenagers. Mm-hmm. And when I think about, you know, putting people in a home, it also, for me, is a per, like a real intersection between what I'm doing, what I care about personally and what I'm doing professionally, right? That's one of the amazing things I think about the business that we're in. One of the reasons I have always loved, like truly, I can say I love the mortgage business and the people in it is because we're helping people get into homes. I mean, that to me, I know that the people that make like, you know, pop sockets or, you know, those cool things that are on the back of your phones that everybody has right now, right? I'm sure that they feel probably like we are changing the world with pop sockets, right? And they, I love my pop socket. I'm not going to, not going to lie, but we're literally making, putting people into homes where their families happen, where their lives happen, where they laugh and cry and sleep and eat. That's an amazing cause. So I think the fact that we're in the mortgage industry almost a cause in itself, but there's so many home um, related, uh, you know, things, you know, and charities and causes around this. I think it'd be really easy to pick something, but just, you know, pick something that appeals to you. But I I surely think that it's a, it's just a, it's a huge element and it's a huge way you can stand out for sure. Agreed. It's, it's, it's gotta be real and authentic for you. You can't fake that. Yeah. So you, you, Hey, I've got one. Uh, I I got to give you a quick tip related to that because yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm always a big one for um, accountability. Like, mm. you know, so for example, I know, you know, we've only got a couple minutes left to talk, but you know, when we're done talking, I hope that people are making some notes saying, boy, I need to do this, or I need to think about that, or I need to, you know, form a personal, um, board of directors, or I need to really look at my personal brand or I need to, so whatever those action items are, um, I'm always all about accountability. So a quick idea that just Mm-hmm. popped up for me that I'm going to share with you. There's a website out there called stick.com. It's S-T-I-C-K-K.com. Okay. Okay. Now what it's for, it's a free website. 
and you can put your goal out there. So if you're, or your task or you're saying your plan, you know, and it could be personal, it could be professional, but whatever you're saying is that you're saying, I want to accomplish X in X period of time. I want to, whatever it is, open another branch. I want to hire another loan officer. I want to bring on three new referral partners. I want to, you know, do X number of transactions this month, whatever that looks like for you. You can put something out there on that site that that's you're publicly saying, this is my goal. Now you can assign a referee to it. So you can have a buddy who can go on and say, yep, they actually did it or nope, they actually didn't do that thing. And if you don't do it, you put a certain amount of money on the line. When you set your goal, if you don't do it, your money goes to a, a cause mm. that you hate or disagree with. Oh, really? Isn't that? Yeah. Not to one you like, because you know, people will have like, oh, well, I'll put, you know, $5 in the swear jar, you know, and then we'll buy pizza at the end of the month. Well, that's yeah. just incentive for me to swear because we're going to get pizza right. at the end of that. <laughs> so that's exactly. not good. But, but, but if this one is actually, you pick out a cause that you absolutely despise and you put your money on the line with that cause. Like sending money to uh, cigarette companies? Absolutely. Yeah. Or, you know, to, to help support, you know, that, to, you know, lobbying. I, I don't even want to go into what the possibilities could be because I don't want to be inflammatory about what they could be. But I bet you can all <laughs> think of something, a, you know, cause, a political side, um, you know, political issue. You know, there's, there's oh, yeah, a cause yeah, yeah. out there. That's, that's not going to politics. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going there. But my point being, you absolutely could think of something and bet you're going to be a lot more likely to get that thing done. I so that. that's just a quick hit. But that's one of my faves. I love that one. S-T-I-C-K-K.com. I'm on the website yeah. right now. Yeah. I'll put it in the yeah. show notes. I'm gonna, I've got some people I'm going to do this with. That, that's awesome. <laughs> I, love I love it. it. Yeah, that's a goodie. Okay. You brought, you, you brought up something that triggered a question for me, and hopefully we can cover it in the last few minutes here because you, know, you clearly are passionate about the mortgage industry and about putting people in homes. I don't know if you see this, but I see this, especially when we've got people that have been in the business 20 plus years where the people, maybe the passion's gone, maybe the shine is off. Maybe, mm -hmm. you know, they're kind of questioning and asking, gosh, I'm just not passionate about doing loans. Can I still be a successful mm -hmm. loan officer? What do you, mm -hmm. what do you say to that? Well, I, you know, surely people can always be successful, even if they're, you know, have, have, you know, not as passionate maybe as they used to be. So I'm not going to say it's not, it's not possible. But it's surely not as much fun. It's not as much fun. You're not going to do as good of a job. And I understand for a lot of us, we've been in the business a long time and we've been through a lot. So I get it. I get it. This is life. This is just, you know, our lives are that way. You know, our personal lives are that way, not just our business lives. But this is where I think it is critical that you're surrounding yourself. Um, I, I would say two things. Number one, you know, what the company that you're at, you know, the company you keep, you know, so are you at a place that's inspiring you? Are you at a place that's really, um, you know, lifting you up and giving you the resources that you need and really is also something that, that you can connect to and feel again, inspired by. We always are going to have days that are not, um, and weeks, you know, Jeff, like you and I were talking about earlier, man, some weeks just mm. pop you in the face and you're just like, wow, wow, <laughs> what mm -hmm. happened? And you can get down, but that's where I think you know, the, the company that you're at. And then secondly, um, you know, the company, the people, but also I think you actually really should proactively seek out, you know, whether it's coaching that you're going to being, you know, part of, of, you know, coaching groups like yours, going to events, you know, plugging in to some of the amazing things and people that are out there connecting and getting recharged and rejuvenated. 
is critically important. There's so many good things out there. Um, there was a huge chunk. The first, the whole first part of my career, I wasn't plugged into any of that stuff. You know, I was just doing my thing and originating. And I remember when I first started going, wow, there's all these people out there, you know, there's, you know, Todd Duncan and Greg right. Frost and, you know, like all these like, you know, amazing people that I, I didn't even know existed. Right. Um, and that lifts you up. It really does. And so I just encourage people to number one, you know, be at the right company, surround yourself with the right people, um, but plug into the resources um, and folks that are out there like you, Jeff, and, and, you know, the things that you've given to this industry and serving in that way. Um, you know, that's where it's at. Yeah, that's a good point. Absolutely. Surround yourself with other people who support you and can be there for you when you need it. So speaking of being yeah. at a place that you're passionate about, uh, tell us about Total Expert. Why did you go to Total Expert? Oh, I came to Total Expert um, because, you know, I just saw a company that was operating and serving its clients in a way I'd never seen before. So Total Expert is really a technology first company. Um, it is really what enables, um, number one, incredible automation, like we were talking about earlier, where you've got an automated process, you've got a single system of record where everything's in there, and you're able to enable um, the right automated communications to be taking place with your leads. So you're doing that nurturing that we were talking about early on in the call that's so incredibly important in teeing you up for the right opportunities to go in and convert that lead, um, how you're communicating with people throughout the process how you're staying in contact um, after that closing takes place for that repeat and referral business and keeping that relationship. Um, and the partnering tools are like nothing I've ever seen. You put these kind of tools um, as, as a loan officer, you put these kind of tools in front of a referral partner. They are compliant to the nth degree. Um, like Wiener Brodsky, Mitch Kider, Wiener Brodsky, like has vetted the whole thing out and said, man, this is like the most compliant thing I've ever seen. But they are unbelievable partner tools. So talk about adding value to relationships. So I came here so because I saw a company who was, was winning and who was killing it and whose customers love them. And it's not very often that you have a technology company of any sort that customers love them. You know, how much, you know, am I a raving fan of, you know, Excel or anything with Microsoft? No, it's a means to an end. But when you see people, when I announced that I was coming to Total Expert and all of the you know comments were like, yay, we love Total Expert. Total Expert is awesome. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. That's the company I want to be at. And that's why I joined. Absolutely. And I agree. Uh, so for those that don't know, I have the opportunity to actually experience and work with Total Expert on a day-to-day -day basis. And I can just tell you, yeah, it, it's, it's very powerful and it creates some amazing partnerships and relationship opportunities with your referral partners, helps you do the things that we talked about, help create your brand, be out there on social media in many different ways. So I know we've got a variety of people who listen to this uh, show, both loan officers and some managers or executives at companies. And so Total Expert is an enterprise solution. As a matter of fact, uh, I had uh, Joe on the podcast, uh, gosh, last year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a awesome. long time ago. It's it's uh, number 17. Yeah. So if anybody wants to listen to it, it's mortgagemarketinginstitute.com forward slash 17, I believe is where you'll find it. But uh, obviously, if you want to learn more about Total Expert and your company, go to totalexpert.com, right? Yeah, reach on out and let us know who we can help. Like Jeff said, it is enterprise level, but you know, you can see we're working with the, the best companies in the nation. So ping your leaders and, and tell them to, to reach on out and get in touch with us. Right on. All right. Anything else uh, you want to new and exciting coming for you in 2018? No, I'm just, man, I'm excited for the year ahead. Um, this is my final year before I turn 50, if I have to be honest. And so heaven only knows. 
uh, what all I'm going to do this year. I had a, a big, glorious chunk of time off last year. Got a lot of things uh, on my bucket list <laughs> knocked off. Nice. And so this year, I'm just I'm super excited just to be digging into Total Expert and really plugging back into the industry. Um, coming out, you know, I've been out there speaking a lot more, and just you know, really excited to to hopefully meet a lot of you listening and and uh, again, just hopefully add value to your lives as well. Yeah. And by the way, if any of you are out there and you're looking right for events to attend um, and you see an event where Sue's going to be a guest speaker, make it there. Get on a plane, train, automobile, swim. I don't care what you need to do. Get your butt there because she's awesome from the stage and really, you know, touches your heart and, and I think makes a big impact on your life, which is why I'm so glad. Woo! You finally made it on the show. Thank you so much. Yay! I know. I hate. Thank you so much. It's just an absolute honor. It really is. And I really just honor and appreciate all the time that you all spent listening. So, you know, my big takeaway is just grab even one thing, just one thing off of this call, put it on your calendar and figure out how you're going to put it into action. Okay. My only ask, Jeff. <laughs> thank you so much, Sue. And for listeners, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you as always. And if you like today's episode, please remember to leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. And we'll see you on the next one. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Marketing Radio. Want more truth in mortgage marketing? Get more free training and resources at MortgageMarketingInstitute.com. Hey guys, what's up real quick. Uh, you've heard about the mortgage marketing pro membership before. And I just want to quickly remind you if that you're in a place in your business where you simply need more purchase loans, you need to fill your pipeline with purchase business. Let's just face it. Agents are still a solid pillar of business and sources of purchase business for you. Well, good news. Our Mortgage Marketing Pro membership helps loan officers like you close more loans without the hassle of chasing agents or cold calling. Done for you agent classes, expert training videos, a marketing automation platform that automates the entire process for you, everything you need to build your personal brand in your local market, attract and convert agents into referral partners, plus done for you proven marketing materials and plug and play content to make promoting your class, getting agents, butts and seats, partnering with affiliates real easy. But that's not all. You'll also get access to our weekly mastermind calls with top LOs, authors, speakers, and coaches to learn the best strategies to grow your business right now in today's market. And as an extra bonus for a limited time, for all new members, you'll get access to a database of 200 agents in your local market that have closed anywhere to, from eight to 50 transactions in the last 12 months. And we'll provide that list uploaded into our platform for you so you can get off to a fast start in reaching actually productive agents. So what are you waiting for? You can check out more at mortgagemarketing.pro, see more of the success stories there. And if you feel compelled to do so, book a call. We'll have a chat. We'll see if it's a fit. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your mortgage business to the next level right now. Head over to mortgagemarketing.pro.